Welcome to the Small But Mighty Biz Stories Podcast, where we talk about the inspiration and motivation behind your small business. Here's your host, Karen Wilson. Hello, and welcome to the Small But Mighty Biz Stories Podcast. I'm your host, Karen Wilson, and today I'm so excited to have my business coach on. I connected with Lisa Van Ruick of Bloom Business Development through LinkedIn toward the end of 2020, when I was starting to seriously think I needed a coach. I've worked with Lisa for almost a full year now, and I'm so grateful to her for her support and influence in all parts of my life. In that time, I've heard Lisa's story on in a couple of different contexts, usually in a short form. So I'm excited to get to learn a bit more about her business journey today. Welcome, Lisa. Tell everyone about you and your business. Oh, well, thank you, Karen. What a lovely introduction. And it's been so much fun and such an honor watching you grow your business this past year with intention and heart. And yeah, it's so great to be here today. Um, You want me to tell you about my business, my journey, what what do you think you're listening? All of it. Yeah. What what um what's your background? I, I know that you started out in media. So how did you go from that to helping people grow their businesses? Well, good question. Well, maybe I'll 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 go a little deeper and take it more from the beginning, beginning, which you may not know, is I was the apple that didn't fall right beside the tree. I was raised in a alcoholic household and based on people's journeys in life, mine is not as dire as as many, many people endure, but it was very hard. And uh, unfortunately, some some part of me decided, well, I'm just going to get straight A's in school and do really well in school. Mm -hmm. It's something where I can immerse myself and feel good about myself. But by the time I graduated and did my first year at university, I felt really lost. So fortunately, my best friend was living in New York City doing this uh, acting program at AMDA. And she said, why don't you come move in with me? So I sold my flute (laughs) from high school band and bought a plane ticket and was in New York City two weeks later. And it was the best thing I could do. And I'm so excited to encourage my my own daughters and other people when you're young, like putting this pressure on people to make a hundred thousand dollar decision. What are you going to do with the rest of your life? My goodness. Yeah. There's no way I could have predicted at, at 18 or what I would be doing now. Um, so that time in New York was such an amazing, uh, time where I was exposed to so many cultures. And what I really loved in New York is I could walk down the street and just be like, wow, nobody is looking at me. No one is listening to me. Nobody cares what I'm doing. Everyone is like, here I am, here's my life. And it really opened up a lot of new ways of thinking for me. And then I I wanted to explore and travel. So I went to Australia for a year after spending a year in New York and traveled there and then felt ready to come home and, and start my educational journey. And I've always loved art history, storytelling. I used to write songs and poetry. So when I went to school, I decided to study business and marketing with a major in visual communication. And this is way before YouTube and Instagram and all these platforms. So that that genesis of my education serves me really well today. Uh, And then after that, I knew I wanted to do creative work with creative people. So I went back to school for television production and after an internship at CTV here in Vancouver, I I was really fortunate. I got hired by a small boutique production company that uh, that focused on travel documentary programming. Our executive producer had his own float plane on amphibian floats. So for those who don't know what the heck that means, it's wheels and floats. <laughs> so we could land anywhere in Canada. Wow. So not only That's did so cool. get to learn, yeah, it was so cool. I mean, I've been to remote areas of the Yukon. I've shot stand-ups. I was given my own travel show. I, I, I you know, we'd see a, a pod of dolphins swimming up the inlet and we'd land and I'd shoot a stand-up out on the float with all these dolphins in the background. I've been to the Arctic. I've been dog sledding. You know, I, it was just afforded me this amazing adventure that was a continuation of my travel, allowed me to be creative. But then the business side, I'm I essentially got an on-the-job MBA at that production company. I I was a 
given mm-hmm. the opportunity by our executive producer to just be at his side. I shared an office with him for four years and I ran the business with him, hiring, creating programming. Oh my gosh, the sales experience I got there. You know, I, I somehow was able to sell put together six figure deals over the phone with people I'd never met. Um, So just so grateful for that experience. But then, uh, you know, we can only really connect the dots in hindsight. And I can see now 2008 was a complete redirection of my life when I had this, we'll call it a trifecta of trauma where we were steeped in the real estate and financial crisis and our pre-sale we mm. had bought the year before was ready. So we couldn't sell our apartment and we uh. were saddled with two mortgages and a jacked up strategy that we would never have bought it in the first place. So we were paying our two mortgages when my dad suddenly passed away. And Mm. nine days after that, two days after I went back to work, I got called in to speak to some lawyer in Virginia and was let go of my job and told I had 10 minutes to clear out my desk. Oh, that's brutal. It was, Karen. It was brutal. And we had a toddler and I, you know, for the parents, I mean, I was just shattered. I was in no position to make any big decisions. But what I knew was I had different priorities being a mother. And I was tired of working so hard and giving so much of myself to other people. Mm. So, you know, a few months passed and I decided, you know, I'm going to try and get some contract work. I, I ran our corporate media division. I had lots of great connections. So um, anyone familiar with Vancouver, I I went downtown on our West coast express train one day, I had three meetings lined up, had a new outfit on. And anyway, by the end of the day, I had three lucrative contracts, like you're hired. You do this for me, Lisa. Oh my gosh, you're available. And yeah, it was amazing. And so I thought, oh, I guess there's something here. And over the years, my business changed a lot. And about eight years ago, my biggest client was getting acquired by um, a large corporation that owns a lot of British Columbia. And I just thought, okay, here we go. This work, while it's afforded me a really great lifestyle and tons of freedom, hasn't really been making me feel excited about work. And I worked Mm. with a few women that were starting out and while they weren't lucrative contracts, I loved the work so much. And so I thought this is my time. So I rebranded, took some new education. And about nine months later, I seamlessly shifted my business model to working with service-based providers to help them scale their business. And as I like to say, make more money and have more fun. And, and that's essentially what I do through private business coaching, group coaching workshops. And as I mentioned to you recently, I'm in, in the process of turning a lot of my programs into online courses so that they're more affordable to people that are just starting out. And I, I love what I do. I mean, there's, there's, <laughs> you know, that. Do you know that shit sandwich story by Elizabeth Gilbert? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Like, there's nothing else <laughs> I would do. I mean, it might change in how I and how I serve people, but I think, you know, I don't just work with women, but I would just work with women. I think there's so much conditioning that's been part of our part of our society for for centuries and we're coming out of it. And there's never been a more exciting time to be a woman, to be in business. We're really yeah. like get clear. Like, what does success mean to me? Because trust me, I've worked with a lot of what most people would be like, yeah, she's got it all together. Her lifestyle, her life's like a Pinterest board. But these are people that come to me and they're like, I got the education. I've got the marriage, the kids, the house, the career. I am not happy. Help me. Yeah. Right. And so that is, that is a really powerful part of, of my business and what I do. And why I keep showing up for work every day. And I, as I was kind of prepping to talk with you, uh, one of the things that I thought about, cause you have so many connections and you're so generous with it. I was, I was like, every time I've come to you with some problem that I had there, you know, whether it's personal or in my business, you've got somebody, oh, I know so-and-so can help you with that. (laughs) And so you just, 
it's not just about helping each individual you're working with succeed. It's collectively bringing people together, introducing people who uh, can help each other. And that is so powerful because it's not just about, um, I had a, I have a friend who talks about community sometimes, and she used to say that, you know, you've built a community when the people who are talking to you start talking to each other. And that's sort of what I see happening with your clients because of what you're doing and being so generous and connecting them with each other. Oh, well, yeah, I'm so glad that I was able to connect you with people because that's another part of the mindset is years ago, not so much now, but I was working with a lot of newer moms. A lot of my clientele are moms and they feel we have this feeling yeah. like I, I call it the miscapable syndrome. Oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. We don't yeah. necessarily feel comfortable asking for help, whether it's in our personal life with our kids. And when we aren't comfortable asking for help in one area of our life, it affects every area of our life. And so many people will say yeah. to me, I feel like I'm the reason my business isn't successful at this point. Mm. I'm in the way of streamlining and automating and scaling and allowing my business to truly become what I, what I want it to be. And I think that goes back to what I, what I hinted on in my upbringing is your family isn't just the people you grew up with. We we get to create our our community and we need community. You know, there's this famous saying the the head of psychology at Stanford, he said in one of his lessons that one of the most uh beneficial things a man can do for his health is to marry a woman. Yet oh, one wow. of the most beneficial things a woman can do for her health is spend time with other women. Because yes. while men talk and bond over things like golf and their new car, women really talk about what's going on in their lives and support each other. So in business, we need the same thing. We need a community. And I, I think sometimes I get more excited about connecting people I know than getting getting a, a new client that invests in my services because we need it. We need all the help. And And I'll just quickly end that one with, Last year for 2021, I didn't really make a New Year's resolution per se, but I was I made a commitment to myself that anything I wanted to do or needed to do for my health and well-being was a was a yes, period. It was a year of yes for my health and wellness. Mm. And in practicing that level of radical self-care, I had the best year in business I've ever had. Mm. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and what's interesting is uh, you kind of helped me through last year, which was rough, <laughs> to say the least. And, and I think that, you know, knowing that you had made that conscious decision to, to practice radical self-care, you also really helped cultivate that, at least for me. And I'm sure that if my experience was like that, other clients were as well. Um, what what kind of impact have you seen that have when, when you put so much attention into the self-care aspect of nurturing a business? Well, that's a great question. And that that's actually fundamental to my approach is what's what shows up personally shows up professionally. It's kind of, I'll use the gardening metaphor. You know, if we have, if we're planting seeds of hope and wellness and vitality, innovation, creativity, and love, or we're planting seeds of lack of doubt, of stress, of not enough. And the more thoughts that we, we send to those seeds, we're essentially watering and fertilizing those seeds to grow deep roots and shoot through the surface and become our lives, to become our personality. So what difference would it make if you started off your day and didn't hit snooze and you got up from the alarm? And I actually have some good tips about the snooze button um, as well. I'm going to be posting about that on Instagram this month. But what if you started your day? Ooh, do, we get, yeah, we could, do we get a preview? Yeah, we can talk about that. <laughs> we, can, we can circle back to that. But what would it mean if you got up when your alarm went off and you took a moment and Personally, I thank my bed. That's I th thank you for a good night's sleep. Thank you for keeping me warm mm. and safe. That 
thank you loop starts your day off instead of, oh my God, I, I wish I could go back to sleep, takes you in a completely different direction. My thoughts go down the hallway and I'm so grateful that I'm in a beautiful home. My kids are safe. I never have to worry about my kids' safety in my home. And that is not true for a lot of people on this planet. And that it yeah. just, it snowballs all day long. Um, what is the best thing I can do in this moment and being steeped in gratitude and appreciation and looking towards what you want to cultivate? Because what we think about, mm. we bring about in our thoughts, they lead to words, which become conversations, both written and verbal. And in the work you do with marketing and storytelling, it directly yep. correlates back to those seeds of thoughts. What are you thinking about? What are you paying attention to? And when you're energetic, like I always ask, how do you feel? When are you happiest? When do you feel most excited? Do more of those things because when you bring that energy to your work, it diminishes stress, doubt, and you can show up. And that is actually in itself a huge time saver. Think of all the time you spend, Mm -hmm. you know, just... (laughs) In those loops of dialogue, wondering what's possible versus taking aligned action and having faith in moving forward. So really important, I guess, is the short answer. I think that's such a big part too. You know, when, when I'm working with clients, I'll hear people say, well, I hate marketing. It's, it's such a, it's such a drag for them for whatever reason. There's a lot of different reasons it can be. I think one of the biggest reasons is just a a lack of understanding about exactly what marketing is but the um and that that leads to sort of that uh paralysis that you get when you're just like not sure what to do next um and and one of the things that um and I'm losing track of my thread <laughs> I'm trying to talk my way through it <laughs> and I, I lost the thread. Um, I had a question I was going to ask you. We can talk about the snooze button if you want. Yeah. Tell, tell us a little preview of, uh, of your, uh, Instagram posts sure. that are coming about the snooze button. Well, the snooze button is, is, you know, I always say hashtag the struggle is real. Um, so the key is to minimize the pressure of getting up for the day. What you want to do is allow yourself to wake up incrementally, giving yourself permission to go back to bed. So your alarm goes off. I always recommend do not keep your phone on your bedside. That's a whole nother conversation why we won't do that. But you want to keep it across the room or in your ensuite because you have to physically get out of the bed to turn it off. So that wakes you up, say, 10% more than when the alarm went off. Once you're in the bathrooms, you can say, uh, I'm gonna go to the. I'm gonna go to the bathroom, then I'm gonna go back to bed. Maybe yeah. you wash your hands, get a drink of water, and at each step, I want you to say, "You just do this one more thing, and then you can go back to bed." By the time you get to the third activity, you're awake. Yeah. yeah, we've talked a lot about prepping for the next day, the night before, and having. Um, you know, one of the things that I was doing for a little while until I realized that I just really didn't get the fulfillment I wanted from this was sleeping in my workout clothes. And and so I would sleep in my workout clothes so that I could just jump out of bed in the morning and and go. And there was no, you know, oh, I have to get dressed. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> there was no barrier to making that happen. Um, and that, I've done that before and it was very effective. But at this stage of my life, I don't want to do that anymore. And so... So I reworked my day and it was great because you were, you're very good at giving me permission to do that. And one of the things as you were speaking a moment ago is I was thinking, what if you think about something at night that you're looking forward to the next morning so that that can be something that you kind of bring that back to mind in the morning so that you can have that extra little boost of energy to get up out of bed. Absolutely. And an interesting add on to what you just mentioned, we spend roughly a third of our life asleep. Mm -hmm. If you 
have a bedtime ritual of appreciation, gratitude, and expecting good things to happen to you the next day, studies have shown that you are setting your subconscious mind and that tone for your sleep with the last thoughts you're having at the end of the day. So looping in, I I do this like expect the best meditation slash affirmation practice. It's what if before I hopped on this podcast, I felt nervous and, oh, oh, she knows all my stories. This isn't going to go well. It's going to be boring and went on that train versus, oh my gosh, this is going to be so much fun. I'm so excited to sit down with Karen in a different format and have a real conversation with her. This is going to be incredible. What what, how does that then prepare and set the tone for our exchange? And that's exactly what you do at bedtime when you think, okay, I am getting up in the morning and I am, I'm going to, I'm going to have a workout or even say, I'm going to get up in the morning and I'm going to put on my running shoes. Like minimize the pressure on yourself. We have so much pressure coming down on us in every area. I'm a huge fan of Dr. BJ Fogg and his work around tiny habits. Um, And in the workout vein, I I had a client who wanted to do more exercise. And so he talks about new behaviors with the acronym MAP. So M is for motivation. We have to be motivated for change. Like you were motivated to move your body more and for all sorts of reasons. But what happens when there's sickness in the house or big deadlines at work or tech Mm -hmm. challenges? Motivation ebbs and flows, which is essentially the crux why New Year's resolutions don't work because we need the motivation, but we can't rely on it solely to take us where we want to go. The A is for ability. We have to physically be able to do it. And we also want it to be easy to remove barriers. And then the P, which to me is the exciting element, which most people miss in new behaviors is the prompt. So after Mm. I wrap up my evening, I will put my running shoes at the door before I go to bed. I've had clients do that because if they see their runners out, they'll put them on. Um, so this after I fill in the blank, I will fill in the blank. And so picking just yeah. like after I get in the car, I will open up Audible because you want to start listening to audiobooks on your drives instead of crappy pop radio, <laughs> for example. Yeah, I never listen to the radio anymore. <laughs> your car is the university. I'm always listening to podcasts and, and audiobooks in the car. My kids. Love yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in truth, if my son is in the car with me, I'm usually listening to him. That's our talk time. Yeah. So, but but I'm in podcast world all the time. Basically, I burn through them. They're excellent. But um, one of the things that I love about what you described is the very intentional use of language. There's no have to, no shoulds, no, uh, it's, it's more, I will. And it's, it's less, it's less fake than some of the more positive iterations. Like I get to, it's just factual. I will do this. Yeah. And I, what's the thinking behind that for you? Well, words are so powerful. You know, if, if for for listeners listening to this, if you took a moment with me right now and I say the words, I am stupid, I feel that in my whole body. I just it just brought everything down. But if I say I am smart, I feel a lift. Uh, and so this is mm-hmm. undeniable. And so really being purposeful about all the words you choose to use, they have an impact on yourself. They have an impact on every, everyone around you. And um, yeah, I will is part of expecting the best. And, and the I get to, yeah, I mean, this whole toxic positivity <laughs> vibe that yeah. goes on there drives me nuts. But I am a fan of taking the, oh, I have to do this. And I have this, oh, I have seven meetings today. I do like to flip that to I get to because it does shift a burden into a blessing. You know, I get to go to work today and yeah, it's robust, but all of this, this is what I've been working so hard for. So there, there is a time and place for it, but like even affirmations, I'm like, how does this sit with you? Because if it doesn't sit with you, 
it isn't going to help you. It's going to be another barrier. So you can always turn an affirmation into a question or change the wording. Like, why do I deserve Mm. to have a great life? Why am I worthy of cultivating this success in my business? And when we ask the question, our mind will respond with a narrative and a story because our mind always wants a narrative and a story. And those positive answers will start to pop up by asking yourself the question. Yeah. And I think that the um, the way that we talk about ourselves sometimes is so much worse than we would talk about other people, um, especially business owners, uh, because it's such a fraught process because you are wearing all these different hats. Many of them aren't necessarily in your genius zone. And so there is that tendency to beat ourselves up for the perceived failures that we have in areas that we're not necessarily gifted in. And so removing that tendency to be negative about it makes a lot of sense because how do you beat yourself up over something that you literally don't have expertise in? Oh my goodness. Yes. Yes. I love that you brought that up. And it's true. It's back to that people get in their own way of success. If it isn't in your genius zone, like I work with a ton of wellness service providers or creatives, they were trained in their craft, not in running a business. Why do you think you need to do it all? Why do you need to wear all these hats? You don't. Why? And parenting is is a great analogy. It's like, if you're having communication issues or things aren't going well, like we don't get a training manual. Here you go. Here's exactly how to run your business. Oh, and yeah, there might be a pandemic in the middle and some disastrous climate change events as well, but you got it all on your own. No problem. And so, yeah, we need to ask for help. And the, I, I've seen, I have this amazing client. She's a professional organizer. She she just messaged me a couple of weeks ago to let me know her BHAG, which is your big, hairy, audacious goal for the year. Yep. She was a stone's throw away from reaching her, her revenue goal, which uh, doubled her corporate salary when she was that's in amazing. the mix. Um, but she did it through... In, she came out of the spiritual closet and infused that into her strengths and positioning in her brand. She was able to connect yeah. with more clients. She hired a virtual assistant. She and, and some other people on her team that allowed her to shift more into operations. And she was booking clients through her automations while she was on vacation and sending teams to jobs while she would go away on weekend trips with her husband. She couldn't have done that if she'd stayed in the zone where she needed to do everything herself. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that I feel like so many business owners have to learn over and over and over again. I know I have because I will often, because I am pretty tech savvy and I I like to learn software. So I'll jump in and start learning how to do stuff. And I was in a mastermind uh, back in 2020 when I started this podcast and it got delayed because I kept, you know, I had downloaded all the software I needed. I was going to do all the editing myself and figure it out. I didn't have time to do that. And so my mastermind uh, compatriot said to me, Karen, stop it. Hire it out. You know people who do this. And I did. And it was it was such a relief. And, and that took that non-genius, I was barely even, I wasn't even competent at it. It wasn't even in my zone of competence. (laughs) And I took that off my plate and gave it to someone who it was. And the amount I pay for it is, is so worth the time I save. I can go and I can spend that time doing things that will bring in money that will more than cover that Yes, cost. exactly. And it fosters the joy. The reason you started the podcast, you're able to stay connected to that joy and enthusiasm to continue to record it and have these conversations with people that inspire and educate. And as to your point, yeah. I encourage all all the entrepreneurs listening to this to, if you don't already know, what is an, what is an hour of your time worth? 
Do you have a yeah. number? If one of the easiest referrals I give clients is hire a housekeeper. Do you know how many, how much time a week, a month you spend cleaning your house? Pay someone under $50 an hour to do that for you. It will spark so much joy relief. Number one, it takes a burden yeah. off of you for all this. Oh, my house isn't as clean as it should be. And take all the time you would have spent cleaning your house and allocate it to what I like to call CEO time. Allocate time yeah. specifically and block it off your calendar because we live and die by the calendar. Treat that CEO time as important as a client meeting or a new business meeting and work on your business or revenue producing work. Because yeah, your time is valuable. And when you understand, yeah, my time is worth $300 an hour, or maybe it's $150 an hour. It makes a lot of sense to say, oh yeah, I'm going to pay someone this amount of money so I can then grow my business. Yeah. I, I have that conversation a lot too, because I think a lot of women have had it programmed in our heads that, you know, especially when you're working from home, as so many of us are these days, um, you, you have it in your head that you have to do it all. You have to do the work, make the money, and also cook all the meals, clean the house. And that just isn't a mentality that we should, uh, we should keep. The, the, the whole idea of a 40-hour work week was predicated on the idea that there was going to be someone at home doing all those things who wasn't employed because that was the social norm, uh, at least for middle class and up at the time. And so what we have to do is give ourselves the space to do the things that we need to do in our business. And then, you know, hire out the rest of it. Because if you don't have to be doing it, there's better things you can do with your time. And it frees you up to spend the quality time with family, friends, and other people you care about. Absolutely. Yeah, it's such a great point. A, a centering question I often give, and please know, like I have a husband, I love him. I'm not a man hater at all, but I do have yeah. a lot of awareness as to that we live in a world created by men for men to be supported, yep. safe, and successful. And so why would they work hard to change that? So a, a hugely powerful centering question I handout at work all the time is at that moment, like you're at home and there's laundry or dishes or, or whatever's going on. Ask yourself, what would a man do right now? Oh yeah. Yeah. What would a man do right now? And then do that. Um, and, and it also involves like back to that miss capable, miss capable, like we have amazing maternity leave here in Canada. It's, it's, it's such a gift, but what needs to happen is you generally shift back into this very domestic role. And it just makes sense because it's back to that you're yep. home. So I'm going to do all the things. The woman has to sit the man down with confidence in, in, in a state of empowerment, be like, I'm going back to work. Or if we're business owners, maybe we just had a couple of months. It's like, okay, I'm starting to do contracts again. Let's talk. We need to divvy some stuff up here. Because the men, maybe some guys, like congratulations who has that husband, but most men will not initiate that conversation. And when we look down the yeah. road in the marriage, resentment builds, exhaustion builds, fatigue builds, stress builds. And unfortunately, divorce happens uh, once yeah. the kids get a bit older. And so I say like, be a leader in your own life. It's great for yeah. you to ask for what you need. And ultimately, our partners want us to thrive. They want us to be happy and energetic and successful. But they need us to direct them. They need us to say, hey, you're going to start doing the laundry and make dinner three nights a week. Let's sit down and meal plan. Yeah. I I am really lucky because I, I have a partner who very much, you know, he is the type of guy who will go and clean something. Um, the last couple of weeks, he's done so much cooking and cleaning around the house and it's been amazing. I haven't had to worry about any of awesome. it. And, 
And and so in that sense, I I really have someone who's very attuned to those things. And, you know, his, his feminist tendencies are growing as I, you know, influence. Love it. <laughs> but um, we have had really great conversations about that division of responsibilities, because there's a lot of talk these days about emotional labor. And he just isn't comfortable with that aspect of things. Like he sees the way I'll handle things with school and, and other aspects of our son and his, his life. And he's like, he just defers to me on those things together. We'll talk about it and he gets an understanding, but he just tends to like to defer to me because he just feels like I handle it better. And so in those discussions, he takes on more of other loads in a very willing way. And that is makes such an enormous difference because neither of us feel like we're being slighted. And I think those those real honest conversations make an enormous difference to having a really healthy relationship. And look at all the success you've had in your business as a result of that support. And so whether you have a partner yeah. like Karen here who is just in it to win it, or you need to sit them down and ask, it may take a little bit of coaxing, but I think women yeah. need to understand it's now on us that we are perpetuating old cycles of behavior and we don't have to, we can do anything we want. And, and yeah, yeah you have been so successful this year because you know, you're supported. And, and, and yeah, one pivotal thing I would say that I did, and it was uh, a result of, um, I'm not going to name a name, but there was a video done by a particular person and they talked about how to talk to your partner about your business and, and what your plans were. And I kind of followed this formula and I, I wrote out something that I wanted him to read. I'm like, okay. I basically pulled him into the process and I said, okay, here's what my goals are. Here are, here's how I'm going to do it. And he didn't have that understanding before. So there was this constant sort of feeling of insecurity of what are you doing? Why are you putting us at financial risk? Um, because it was really early days of my business years ago. And Boy, did that make such a difference in how he looked at my business and the work that I was doing. It was just total night and day understanding that he got. Um, I think that that's a really important uh, consideration for anyone who's running a business. If you have a partner, make sure you you bring them into the, the back end of your business and show them what's going on. Yeah. Well, just like you do in your work, you gave him a story. You told him the story yeah. and he's like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's, it's a really good point is yeah. they, need to, they need to see the big picture. And often when we start out, as soon as you start to see some, some success, you're taking that income and investing it back into the infrastructure of your business, whether it's investing yeah. in some new platforms, perhaps a new website, new branding, hiring a marketing yeah. um, maven like you or a business coach like me. It does take a yeah. while, but that doesn't mean it's not worth it. I, I love to say, you know, it's not going to be easy, but it is going to be worth it because we can't be so dedicated, kind, generous showing up diligent that we're not going to run into problems. We are always going to hit challenges and roadblocks. So why not work towards those outcomes that you really want in your life? Go for it and bring yeah. your people in and get some enthusiasm and support. We all need more enthusiasm in our lives. I, I yeah, I, I love that you are so outspoken and powerful and showing it personally and then doing that for your clients and allowing them to really tell their stories so people can connect. It's so important. Our stories are the way we can make that emotional connection with others. It's how we, um, I like to use the iceberg example, you lower the waterline and you show people 
what's going on under the surface to a certain extent. Obviously, you're not going to tell all your deep, dark secrets, but there is a certain amount that you can share that leads to a deeper connection and it it makes it makes it more powerful and you attract your people instead of the wrong people. Love that. Yes. I agree. I, I'll also share the, the line to add on your iceberg analogy is share from your scars, not your open wounds. Mm. You get to decide mm. what, where are you drawing the lines on your brand positioning? Do you want to pull your family into yep. your brand? Do you not? Do you want to talk about, yep. you know, me, I'm able to talk about my childhood and my father passing away because it was a long time ago and I'm okay with it. And I'm okay for people yeah. opening up comments online as they do about any of that but if something is very recent and raw and traumatic for you you don't need to talk about it if you don't if your brand isn't aligned with you you know like obviously ours is but if your business brand is not tied to you at all then how do you create connection and intimacy without tying yourself to your brand because maybe you're looking to scale the business and sell it in a few years. You still need to connect with other people person to person. And, and it can be really tricky to navigate um, mm-hmm. navigate that storyline. Yeah, yeah. And we're we're very um we're we're kind of uh we're kind of programmed to not put too much out there that the concept of oversharing people tend to bring up concerns around that and often it's just a matter of figuring out how to share in a way that's comfortable um and i like to say personal versus versus personable are two very different levels of sharing. You can share personal information in a personable manner without giving all the details of what's going on. And, you know, every now and then, if you want to get really vulnerable and it makes sense for your business, then that's, that's a call you want to make on a, in a careful way. But, uh, there's a lot we can share without, Absolutely. Well, and uh, all my clients within the first few sessions, we go into, and you did it, the ideal client, really unpacking the ideal client. And you, depending on your model, you, you likely have more than one ideal client, but when you can take your brand strengths and understand who your ideal client is and their values and where they intersect, you can pull that into your messaging the values and do exactly that. You maybe you want to stand up and have a vulnerable moment about like plastics and the overuse of plastics, or maybe there's something going on in your community that um, you're okay standing up and talking about in the political realm, but you want to understand what is my ideal client? What is my audience connected to and going to respond to? Where am I okay showing up being more personable and also a little personal. And you know, from your work, these get the most engagement when we show up as human beings. Totally. Um, There's someone I'm close to in my Instagram community, and she's regularly posting about her fertility journey. And she has Mm. a uh, textile business. And she's a musician. So she'll sing songs and share them. So she creates this vibe and feeling on her platform and openly shares about her infertility journey. And then also is, is growing her business and constantly saying like, I I'm doing over a million dollars in sales now. So she has people because people don't just want to say, oh, I'm selling this today. And now I have this. And do you like this pattern? She is putting herself out there as some as a person that people like they want to hear from. She's funny. She entertains. She performs and she's crushing it. That's amazing. I love hearing that. I think that I think that being a human being, a whole human being as a business owner, uh, especially if you're serving women primarily in your business, it really makes a difference. It it it's not 
you can't go out and be cold and attract that ideal client of women because we we like to nurture each other and support each other. It's it's important for, and I think we're in a moment now where uh, not only is it important to most of us to to provide that support, but it's also we just want to see everybody rise up. Yes, yes, and women yeah. have so much buying power, and we also. I remember not that long ago, we were in a situation with a builder that I had been fielding all the conversation with. And when it came to a meeting where my husband was there, he spoke to my husband the entire time. I felt like jumping in front of my husband and waving my arms. And even my husband was like, this is confusing. I have no relationship with this person. Um, and, And that is not an isolated experience. And I've had financial no. planners do that as well. And we're like, there is no way we're hiring you. Like what, what rock did you crawl out from that? You think you can just totally ignore the woman in the room. Um, it's, it's, I don't yeah. not hire men, but I will hire a female dentist and a female doctor and a female physio and a female, 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 whenever I can. Uh, because I understand that we still need a lot of help opening the doors to success. We aren't at a level playing field. We all know uh, not paid the same wage. And when you start to hit intersectionality between marginalized groups, it gets harder and harder Mm -hmm. and harder. And so we get to decide where we spend our dollars. And so first of all, like always go to the small business. You know, one of my kids is an avid reader and she's like, I want to order all these books on Amazon. I'm like, no, we are going to go to the local bookstore or even chapters Indigo because at least it's Canadian um, and buy them there. And if for some reason we can't find it anywhere, then I'll order it for you on Amazon. But where we spend our dollars really matters and supporting, um, supporting people is more important than ever. Totally, totally. I think that that is one thing that the pandemic has really, really made very obvious. Now, before, I know we're going to have to wrap up in a few minutes, but before we completely end this, I want to, I want to ask you about what your advice would be to someone who's thinking about hiring a business coach. Cause, cause I connected with you on LinkedIn. I mentioned this in the intro. Um, you, you messaged me when we connected as uh, you know, on LinkedIn and then, uh, you had a whole process in, in letting me know what you do that was very engaging. And it ended up that I hired you as a business coach. Um, your timing was great because I was already thinking about it. Uh, but when is it ideal for a business owner to hire a business coach and why is it so beneficial? Well, thank you for your kind words and great question. I'd say Don't look back and think, I wish I'd done this before. As soon as you start having those thoughts of, I have this vision for my business and I don't know how to get there. Or like, I look at it like a phone number. You've got these 10 digits in a phone number. But if I throw them all at you at once, you're gonna be like, wait a minute, I need to write them down. It's too much. Your business coach can give them to you one at a time to take you down that critical path Mm. where you want to go. You don't need to do it all yourself. A business coach can help you get the clarity you need on your vision and that true definition of success that's in your heart, not what you've been conditioned and to get to true profitability, both in the bank and in your tank. Um, I think you want to be clear on what you want to get out of the business coaching. And I always say talk to at Mm. least three. Uh, I meet a lot of other business coaches and they're like, oh my gosh, we do totally different things. We are not all created equal, right? Um, So what is it you want to get out of it? Um, I think one of the reasons I work with so many creatives and wellness providers and women is because I'm bringing the whole game. I'm not just there at our sessions. We're chatting. I have clients that message me almost daily. Hey, Lisa, can you read this for me? What do you think of this? What, you know, I'm in it with you. A lot of other coaches aren't like that. If they're just looking at financial strategies and spreadsheets and talking about org charts, 
that is great. Make sure that's who you're hiring. Um, and talk to people yeah. in your network. You know, it, I, I get a lot of client referrals. It, it, there's a lot, it's easier to trust someone when you, when you see someone who's successful. So if you have people in your life True. that are successful, ask them, Hey, have you worked with a coach? Do you know anyone you can recommend? Um, and I do a free discovery conversation. Most people do. So you want to be able to have that conversation yep. and be ready with questions, really specific questions of, of what you want to get. I've been hired by people that don't even have a name. They just know they, they, they want to be a dietitian or they want to open a wellness clinic. And we go through that whole process nice. together. I have other people that are in business and they're like, oh, I'm stuck. <laughs> so really, I don't know if there's the best time to hire. It more depends on you and your story and what you're looking for for help with. Yeah. yeah. I like that answer though, because if you are thinking about it, your, your intuition is telling you this is the time. Yeah. Yeah. And so many women, especially us moms, we're used to taking care of everyone else's needs first. It feels like a luxury, but I can tell you this, it is a true investment in your success to to yeah. like you know we've heard of our life starts to resemble the five people we spend the most time with who do you yeah. want your life to resemble do is there anyone on your list that needs to be bumped <laughs> is there anyone you that's true <laughs> so i have clients who are like you're on my top 5 right it's um we're always looking to level up we always want and, and not comparing ourselves to anyone else cuz we're all at different places in the journey but being yeah. like i say like put your head down on the pillow at night and be and smile. Like I did, I did a good job today for me. I took care of my needs and the people I care about and they made choices that will take me where I want to go. Like you working on your passive income stream. You don't see the results today. We yeah. don't plant a seed and have a mighty oak True. tomorrow, but we live in this instant downloadable society. So be patient, not a strong suit for a lot of entrepreneurs, but we, we have to practice it's hard. kindness and patience because if beating ourselves up worked, wouldn't life be perfect? It doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work so well. Well, Lisa, how can people find you out on the interwebs? Oh, yes. Well, I'm most active on Instagram. My platform is Bloom Lisa, like a flower. My business is Bloom Business Development. You can find yeah. me on LinkedIn. If you can spell my last name, then <laughs> you can find me there. And then my website's <laughs> bloomlisa.com. I have a business blog. I, I post monthly, really just very holistic business blogs to support people through their sales, yeah. through using their time uh, on purpose, um, all, all sorts of areas, kind of whatever themes are showing up with my clients is, is what I, what I blog about. Well, thank you so much for coming on today and I will see you in our next call. Yeah, thank you. Oh, <laughs> thank you so much for inviting me. It's been so nice. I feel like I could chat for another hour, but yeah, I have a meeting, so. I know. <laughs> All right. Well, I will let you go and I hope you have a great day. You too. Thanks, Karen. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Small But Mighty Biz Stories. Want to hear more stories? Visit smallbutmightypod.com and be sure to tell us about your fave small biz so we can share their story too.